Bobby Judo. Putting the Jew in Judo. You've thrown me for such a loop recently with all the Jew jokes. <laughs> You've gone from like... You've gone from like Holocaust denial level of what? <laughs> like that's not. I've never done that. I've never no, no, no. Holocaust. It was a Holocaust denial level of denying me my Judaism. Like, like you. Oh, you I were, see. It wasn't even like the Holocaust didn't happen. It was like Judaism doesn't exist. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> right. Um, to all of yeah, a sudden, I, but... like making unexpected Jew jokes at me twenty four seven. Oh, only because it's um, only because it's um, only because I I. I Okay, just for some context, I've just recorded an episode of Ishik as a guest, uh, an episode of Ishikawa Summit to See. More on that story later. We've got a surprise for you, um, and I had to explain why I denied you your Jewish identity because it's funny that I went, "You're not Jewish," but it's even funnier when you know why I say it. In fact, arguably, it's better for me if you know why I don't say it because at least there's a reason. Well, if you'd and like so I, to hear the reason, you could listen to Ishikawa Summit to see, or any of the three times you've explained it on our podcast. Yes, but we can't assume that everyone <laughs> that listens to our podcast listens to Ishikawa Summit to see. But I'm very sure that Venn diagram has a fairly large crossover. Talking of a large crossover between Ishikawa Summit to see and Japan by River Cruise, Bobby, we have a guest. What? What? <laughs> Imagine if I just sprung this on you. Probably didn't know. Um, we are introducing Joe. Joe, did you say that we can't say your surname? Is that a was that a joke when you said that? Earlier? Um, yeah. Please don't say my surname. It's a closely guarded secret. Okay. Um, uh, let's... it's Kumeyama. Okay. Can I call you Shitter? Yeah, sure. Go ahead. Why not? Everyone else does. Okay. <laughs> so we're going to introduce Joe Shitter. So, uh, yeah, I've just finished recording. Uh, Ishikawa Summit to see with Joe, one of the uh, two co-hosts, and we said, you know what, Joe, why not come and do the end of year Hansekai with me and Bobby? So welcome, Joe. Thanks for joining us. As we mentioned to you, we keep this such a closely guarded secret that no one listens. Nobody knows. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody knows. So uh, feel free to address the about... 15 or 20 people that are likely to, well, to know about this. I, I'm very comfortable being part of a podcast that nobody listens to. Um, <laughs> so don't worry, it's like second nature to me. <laughs> I, I'm, I, I'm, I'm sort of quite quivering with nerves at the, at the thought of more than 30 people actually tuning in. Okay. So, so for those that, that don't know about your podcast, which, by the way, there might not be that many people because Casey has done a very good job of publicizing it to our listeners dating back to buying us a coffee so we had to talk about his mm -hmm. other podcast mm -hmm. uh, the bean pod yeah can or you the, tell us a bit about the tb show? the tb in pod as i think yep. uh, it's described <laughs> yeah. it at the time that's right <laughs> he he thoroughly enjoyed that um and he wasn't at all annoyed by it so <laughs> you know that was absolutely fine um yeah was he annoyed uh, no, 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 no. He's probably the, one of the most chilled out people you're ever likely to meet. But um, okay. he, he, did, he, he did sort of say, I, I think, I think, I'm not sure if they like me. Do they like me? <laughs> oh, okay, so, we, can, we, can, we can clear that up now. Yeah, go ahead. What's that? Yeah. That's a vigorous shaking of the head <laughs> from both of you. Wow. That's, uh, and I, me. I, <laughs> I hope that he knows by now that we do. It's uh, it's we we roast the ones we love, um, and then just really, really roast the shit out of the people that we don't like. So okay, you guys, you guys are in the in the love category. 
I don't well, know. We how did that... think. We honestly, we did think it was cheeky. Actually, right? actually, uh, I didn't. I should correct that. We don't roast the ones we love because Ali doesn't let me. Every time I tweet him and I'm like, "Can I please? Can I please tweet <laughs> this at Deck vs Japan?" Ali's like, "No, don't. <laughs> like, if there's <laughs> if there's not love behind it, leave it alone." Yeah. Yeah. I I have to defend uh, Deck because he's a Newcastle United supporter, and so am I. So a hooligan. Yeah, d- dirty, dirty hooligan. Yeah. And 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 to be honest. Um, we are we are very much down right now. I know this is boring soccer chat, but uh, Newcastle is is sort of really shit at the moment, right. and uh, uh, we we need a little you know it's we need a little support, so, a little so arm on the do shoulder. Do you reckon if, if what what league is Newcastle in? They're in the they're in the Premier League right now. Okay, fine. So so still the stakes are quite high then. Do you reckon if Newcastle does better? That deck. Your hypothesis is: if Newcastle plays better football, Deck will become less of a misogynist. Um, n- no, no, I don't <laughs> think that's true. <laughs> okay, but he might be happier. All right. Well, uh, in, for the sake of for the sake of balance, uh, we're talking about a, a YouTube, not a YouTube. Sorry, is he a YouTuber? He probably is. He is. Uh, yeah. A, um, he's on. Okay, there we go. Then uh, my suspicions were right. Um, uh, Anyway, uh, yeah, he, he has his Twitter is Deck versus Japan, so uh, you know, make your own mind up. There we go. We're not making any accusations. Um, <laughs> I, he he kind of got a bit of notoriety, didn't he, for doing for talking about his crazy ex. Uh, yeah, that's how, his that's crazy how Japanese ex stories. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which yeah. I believe that if you read them and you're not kind of the same kind of person that he is, it becomes very clear very quickly that they say a lot more about him than they do about her. <laughs> I, the, the first one that I saw, which is why I read all of them, was because the first one I saw said, um, what did it say? It was, uh, we usually cook five measurements of rice a week and one week I cooked four and she was so mad that she refused to eat with me and she ate out with friends every night that week even though we had plenty of rice and all, all I could all I could think was like this guy not realizing that the issue is not how much rice you have it's that she clearly doesn't want to spend any time with you <laughs> yeah. and, and being like I don't know what this woman wants from me we've got plenty of rice <laughs> <laughs> Oh. Like like like, te- like texting her online with like a picture of rice, <laughs> baby. You sure? <laughs> you ain't gonna find this much rice anywhere else. <laughs> and, and, and then she she's at like some restaurant with an all you can eat rice. It's different, baby. Yeah. It's come back. But I mean, but I shouldn't I shouldn't be throwing stones. I mean, I I tweeted about uh, an avocado feud I had with my wife. <laughs> yeah. That's true, and that was you know worse than almost anything he said. <laughs> um, anyway, I mean, look, it, it takes it takes it takes all sorts, and uh, I don't think he said anything truly, truly objectionable. Uh, Disagree, not in that, oh, not in that, not in that particular one. I've I've seen um, uh, one he tweeted he tweeted a a store sign, the name of a store that was just like it was like Boo Foo Chow or something like that, and he t- just tweeted that picture with the caption, uh, "The Chinese Three Musketeers." Which is super racist, um, mm, and didn't then, see that one. yeah, and then the mm. one that I retweeted 
you know this, right, Ali? He he started like just tweeting out his students' answers to English questions and making fun of them. Oh yeah, okay. I do. I do find that. I do find that objectionable. But that's. Mm. But that for me, that's just like him being unprofessional. Like, arguably, that's still funny, right? But it's just. It's just not nice. It's not. Oh, I mean, it's, I mean, the number of funny answers I get. Yeah. For for you know when I was a teacher, um, you, you could make a book from them. Yeah. And it would be hilarious, but there's no way that you could ever actually release the book. Yeah. Well, yeah, like I, I, I do. It's just a bit mean spirited, isn't it? I do remember getting answers on on tests you know when i was an english teacher and finding things funny or or um i mean like e even you see like elementary school kids writing funny answers in english even american elementary school kids you know this is popular content it was just the way that he was doing it was not like like oh i got something really weird you know a kid accidentally wrote penis when he was trying to write pen is or something like that <laughs> it mm. was just a bunch of mistakes, and then he tagged it with seventeen-year-old junior, seventeen-year-old uh, high school student, ladies and gentlemen, like, like yeah, this kid should be able to do better. And it was just mean spirited. Yeah, also, not also not realizing yeah. what a cell phone it is. Yeah, right. Because because like it's like him taking a picture of himself topless and going, "Look how weak British men are." <laughs> <laughs> I did have a. Uh... It's his students. I have got a very f funny story about student from when I've, I I did teach in England for about ten years. Um, oh wow! And, uh, at a university and uh, what did you teach? English. So I was teaching English to the international students. Okay. And there was a, a handwritten exercise. A student had written a, a couple of paragraphs about uh, what they do in the classroom, and they'd written, um, "We do a lot of group work with our teacher." Um, sometimes our teacher works with us and sometimes our teacher makes us work in pairs, mm. except that uh, every R in the word work looked like an N. <laughs> <laughs> I'll just let that sink in for a minute. Yeah. <laughs> so, oh, sorry. And also the O looked like an A. Yeah, that's the other part of it. Oh, okay. <laughs> so, I just assumed you know, that, that, they, that in Newcastle they said wonk instead of wank. <laughs> yeah, no. It, it, it looked like an A and an N rather than an yeah. O and an R, and it was it, it really did. But what I didn't do was tweet, tweet it. Well, if only you did. Uh, I've now if just said it did. on a podcast instead. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. What, and what a waste that it was this podcast. <laughs> so the point of this is normally when we don't um, have a guest to sidetrack us, which is very welcome. I'm not complaining. Uh, but uh, we, we should try and get through every episode that we did in December. So this is mm -hmm. our Hansei Kai. Hansei Kai. Uh, Bobby, what does Hansei mean? Hansei means to uh, reflect on mistakes. Uh, well, not necessarily mistakes. You can Hansei something in a... Yeah, I guess it just means to reflect. Yeah. Yeah, but it doesn't mean like reflect water. Can you... Re can, wait, does Hansei get used positively? Han um, Hansei shitemasu. If you say Hansei shitemasu, it implies that you regret doing it. That's true. Yes. Um, but it's it, like reconsidering, <laughs> rethinking, reflecting. Yeah, like reconsidering. I'm, 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 but that is true. Hansei Stimas is definitely yeah, negative, I think, right? Yeah, but I think at a Hansei Kai, people would also bring up like the constructive bits. They'd be like, yeah, this was good about tonight. This was what worked here. So mm. a Hansei Kai can include, you know, the positives and the negatives, but it's basically like deconstructing how that that's project went. Oh, anyway, we got to look into that. Can and I just then, interject uh, and say yes. um, I have no idea because I don't speak Japanese very well. 
that's fine. That's never stopped me. Um, <laughs> I, actually, it's quite it's quite nice. Um, it's like the only person that I ever really discussed my Japanese ability with is Bobby, who's really good. But I do quite like discussing my Japanese ability with like almost anyone else that's ever attempted to learn Japanese, because <laughs> uh, uh, I'm way better than them. Um, I've just—is there a if you have like a hansei boom? Because that I, I've seen that expression in law sometimes. A hansei boom. Yeah. Like where you write about what happened. Is that necessarily negative? All right, whatever. We're the wrong people to ask because we're the ones <laughs> asking the question too, so we're not going to be answering. Anyway, and then Kai is a meeting. Yep. But we also, this is also our end of year Kai, which is the Bonen Kai. Mm. And what does Bonen mean? Uh, forgetting the year that's passed. Okay, so we're reflecting on the year, then we're forgetting about it. Yep. That's not what Bonen means for me. <laughs> <laughs> uh, nothing forgetful about that. <laughs> So, so, Mr. Judah, where should we start? Should we, should we go in chronological order? Sure, sure. And from fact, uh, from the episodes we remember least to uh, the one we did the other day. <laughs> it is funny. December's been such a funny year, hasn't it? That's yeah. Like, well, it's, it, it's December's been, been such year, a funny year. <laughs> but it, feel, it feels <laughs> like a year. Have, um, well, I was going to look at the order of uh, episodes according to the email, which, we, uh, which will have appeared in our inbox. Also, Casey called me out on the fact that the email, the December roundup email that we send to subscribers on japanbyrivercruise.com uh, was actually sent during the recording, and he suspected that I, I'd done it while I was talking to him. <laughs> <laughs> I had to say that it was, it was automated. Uh, so, And we were on the, Zoom, so we could see everything you were doing while you were talking to us. Uh, oh, dear. Including uh, playing with my, with my little kitten. So, let's start with Katsuhiko. Hara's episode. Yep. Terrific news for Japan. We had quite lofty ambitions for the for this episode, which is yeah, yeah. can we explain all of trade and what a Biden presidency will mean for trade with Japan? Well, this is this is I think the second time that this has happened in one of these really ambitious episodes. It happened in the Super Suga special, where you know we we say we're going to introduce Suga, or as we did in this episode, we're going to talk about what you know the incoming Biden administration means for Japan, and then we talk about something else for the first 20 minutes. So in Suga, we talked about the Abe administration for like the whole first uh, three-fifths of the show. And then in this one, uh, we talked about the Biden administration at the end and spent much more time on Trump. Yes, that's true. That's true. And I think what happens is we... Um, I think this happens a lot to non-experts, right? That we don't know the... That there are unknown unknowns. So normally with episodes, there are known unknowns, right? We know what lacuna we have in our knowledge, and we hope that a guest will fill us in. But when we have these kind of episodes, which are potentially a huge topic, we forget that there are things which we won't have realized we don't know. Yeah. And when they start talking, then I start thinking, oh, God, we've got to cover that. Yeah. Oh, okay, we've got to set the groundwork for that. We, we go, so let's much... get the context of this episode established. Yeah. And then when and then we, we start we, to we... do that, we're like, oh, God, this is... Yeah, exactly. Who would have thought politics and international trade was this complicated? <laughs> it's, <so> hard. it's hard. <laughs> and then, then we send... There's so much groundwork that eventually it becomes a sinkhole, like, like what happened in Hakata. Or indeed in Clifton, Bristol last week. Mm. More on that story in Ishikawa Summit to see. 
I am you. proud of us uh, for the fact that we get such lofty topics or such broad topics, and we always do the bare minimum of research to not ask just really stupid questions, like you did in that like beer episode <laughs> when you had uh, uh, you weren't there. Brian Ashcraft on. No, but I listened to it, and you were like, okay, and so beer is made of foam Ow. and beer correct <laughs> like, whenever i get it i get the i get the, the 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 beer part and then the head tell me how they're made well i, yeah, I started I... The, the the sakamichi brewing with matthew boynton episode of ishikawa summer to see um by saying what is beer <laughs> so you know you've got to start broad haven't you yeah yeah i like the fact that boynton's getting around He's a he's a proactive podcast ho- uh, guest. Yeah, I would listen to a podcast on beer, but I suppose there just aren't enough English speaking uh, brewers. <laughs> brewer, brewer. brewers. So, anything that you think we didn't ask? Well, I wanted to talk about like trade more generally, and I, what I was hoping is we would get onto. And we never yeah, yeah. All the environmental stuff because I think we forget that like. I think the days are over now. I genuinely do think the days are over now of these of international treaties as we got in the 1950s post-war where we made big, broad declarations about what we wanted the world to be. So what you saw is, like, in the early 1900s, when commerce started to get serious, you started getting stuff like the Vienna Convention on Trade, like, really setting, like, big groundwork for an international legal order. And there was no such thing as international law, really, right? Yeah. Until these, you know, the... Obviously, like there have been treaties between countries for centuries and centuries. There was no such thing as international law which superseded, because that you know that that's a problem, right? That if countries are sovereign, sovereign means that you've got the highest power. Then what could possibly be above it? But then there was this, this emergent idea in the last hundred years or so that there's some greater order. There's some there's some sanctity in humanity, which means that very basic um, very basic protection of human rights can right. exist. Ab- above the state right on a super state level um and so you know it's on that basis that other countries can intervene for humanitarian reasons let's say and so like yes bobby so in this episode there were a couple of times where ali wanted to get towards these points where he asked a question that led towards these points and then without waiting for an answer i immediately added in my own follow-up question that had nothing to do with ali's question (laughs) and then katsuhiko-san answered those and in listening to you now when you called me out on it it it's like i'm so sorry i don't know why i did that but in listening to you now i've realized why i did it because we would have done this what you're doing now and it has nothing to do with japan or the incoming biden administration or anything that we wanted to talk to him about you just went back to 1900 (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> well, Japan existed then. Uh, no, but my, but my my point is right. The days, obviously, I, I didn't give this explanation on the podcast, but I, I do find this interesting. I think the days of countries making these very broad treaties, basically saying, um, or like kind of the, the creation of fundamental inter- international law is over. Now, if you want to get other countries to do things, right, like climate change, for example, we've already found it's just super hard to get people all on the same page. Yeah. So what you have to do is have these as carrots in like economic agreements right so like the only way to make sure that every country is on board with with economic stuff i think is not um through uh treaties which just cover the environment of which there are some and some are doing quite well and there's many countries signing up but actually having these these trade deals uh, which also have certain environmental protections as part of them 
because you know why a country is not more environmental well it's because it's cheaper to not be right that's obviously the bottom line right you know it's still if we've still got oil we still yeah. want to sell it so yeah the question i kind of wanted to ask is you know japan um you know japan has has like quite different ambitions to china and america as concerns things like trade human rights or rights for workers um female equality uh and and so i i kind of wondered whether you know america has has typically um when you say you know, different Trump, concerns do you mean no concerns yeah i was being diplomatic yeah. <laughs> uh, well no, no japan's no japan's not bad on the environmental stuff but again my feeling is japan's not bad on the environmental stuff because japan knows there's money in it like if you can be the leader in in environmental technology then then there's there's money involved isn't there mm. so um anyway so I, I think it would have been nice to to have covered that kind of thing like Trade deals are one thing, and right, reducing tariffs are one thing. But these treaties, they're often vehicles for something a bit broader. And Trump, you know, was very anti-environmental measures, but maybe Biden won't be. Yeah. Well, when we're talking about environmental concerns um, and how trade affects environmental concerns, um, one of the big issues with global warming is water levels rising. And so I think Japan's being good on the environment, this might be one of the only things that you could legitimately explain away with that reason that it's because it's an island country. <laughs> yeah, right, right, right. And they'd but, like to know, keep them all. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> but but you know, but who's who's to say that won't mean more rivers? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I was I was discussing with my wife early today, rivers of molten lava. Because we, we were talking about volcanoes today. Yeah, uh, does that fall under environment? I don't know. Oh well, I mean, I don't think it is one of the things that's affected by man-made climate change. Because no. volcanic activity and earthquakes—I mean, humans haven't done anything to accelerate those, have they? Oh, uh, maybe fracking. Yeah, but then all Japan needs to do is not frack, and they've solved that potential problem. Well, according to the Western media, because they Japan... got a lot of flack for it. Yeah, <laughs> this is this is a classic example of I've I've listened to everything Ollie's said in the last uh, five minutes or so, and and understood maybe five percent. <laughs> oh come on! <laughs> and then I've just sort of come in and said uh, volcanoes. <laughs> <laughs> also, what is beer? Yeah, how do you how do you uh, volcano? <laughs> But this is something which has been said to me by exes as well, actually. Like, how can I, how can I be so smart and also so monumentally dumb? I do, I really do straddle the full spectrum of yeah. ways in which a human can interact with the world. Well, I mean, Ali and I talked about this the other day. Everything that I, not not everything, but I'd say maybe like the full impetus for me getting started on studying comedy writing was. Ali telling me about you know how comedy writing works. I'd always enjoyed comedy and stand up, but like actually starting to really think about writing at a mechanical level and how to make my jokes hit as hard as I possibly can. All of that now was I stuff that Ali got me started on, and he does teach it. And all of the stuff that he taught me, I use, I practice. Um, you know things like word economy, things like uh, you know where you want your punchline to to fall in terms of uh, position in your sentence, things like that that I really focus on. And everything that he taught me is great. And I find myself constantly having to point out to him that he's not doing the same things. <laughs> like he'll send me a joke, and I'll be like, "Yeah, you've got a full sentence after your punchline. What are you doing?" <laughs> <laughs> That's true. 
Well, maybe that's just explained by laziness. Yeah. I think you, you, I, can, uh, you can know all the theory. Yeah. And then ignore it. You've got to unlearn what you learn, right? So that's the mm. theory. You learn that, yeah. you become really good at that, and then you unlearn it, and then do the opposite, and yeah. that's when you're really good. I don't know yeah, if it's all yeah, just laziness. I, I think it, a lot of it has to do with that blind spot. Like, you know how, like, you know, you never know that your own kid is a serial killer? Like, <laughs> like you write a joke, and when you think of a joke, your instinct, when you think of a joke, you go, oh, my God, that's so funny, and you don't interrogate it the way you would somebody else's joke. Yes, uh, that's true, actually. And like, what, one thing I think, like, like, just like Bobby, right, when, I, when my students present me a joke, I know exactly what to do to fix it. Yeah, but 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 that's only because I'm in that I'm in that mindset of like I'm looking to fix a joke rather than I'm looking to show a joke off. Yeah, right. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's funny actually. All these techniques which I've been teaching, they're all techniques which I have used in the past. But in the last six or seven weeks, while I've been teaching this course, like the same course to three different cohorts of students, I'm just constantly churning out this same material. I found that the last six weeks, I've not used any of what I've taught. Uh, all of the techniques, I because I, I, I've been going through it in a kind of quite a clinical way, I've kind of got a bit bored of them, I must say. So um, hmm. I definitely haven't been practicing what I what, what I preach in these last couple, uh, couple of months, because I kind of find myself, uh, like I find myself falling into the bad habits that my students do, and then kind of hating hating myself for it. So um, yeah. Anyway. Yeah. All right. Well, that, that, I think that, that's that episode covered. Well done. <laughs> Well done. <laughs> We've <laughs> definitely <laughs> talked about the uh, the future of the TPP. Next, uh, by A. McNeil. Nike wins about, the race debate. Yeah, it, it seems so long ago now, but this is to do with an advert which which Nike uh, put out, which uh, celebrated mixed race people in Japan. This is hmm. this is our content, isn't it, Bobby? This is the kind of thing where where N- Nike causes a storm, and we're like, good. That's that's that episode. Yeah, sorted yeah. Then. Now we know. Now we know what to do. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Well, I, was... I thought this was a great episode, by the way. Thank you. Thank you. I thought it was very interesting. Yeah. Ba- well, that's yeah. because Bai yeah, is, is fascinating. He's really, really good. Um, I I thought it was interesting that you, when we were first presenting the news story, you went with everyone hating on it. You said, you know, this has not inspired people. It's inspired a bunch of hate and everybody's saying no, no, no. And he jumped in immediately to disagree. But I was surprised that you came out with that. Was that, what was that based on? Well, I, okay. So firstly, I definitely, I definitely overstated the case because I was like, the response has been no, no, no. But what I meant to say was like, the the voices which we're hearing are the ones which are like the Twitter voices. Whereas if you go to like Yahoo yeah. and like the place, the places where everyone else on the internet resides, uh, there's a lot of people that were very unhappy about this because, but they weren't unhappy with it so much as they were denying it. Yeah. And that's what I thought was interesting. And that's, that's the point I tried to make. I guess I didn't make that point very well, but this isn't people being anti like mixed race people. It's basically people saying, well, this is an American concept which just doesn't exist in Japan. They were denying that this is relevant. Yeah. So, so yeah, I, I did slightly overstate the case by saying, no, this has stirred up a lot of people, which is, which is hating it. What I should have said really is, while some people have said this is a positive tool which can be used to teach people about stuff, the mainstream reaction to this advert is, yeah, not really. It's not, this isn't really a Japan thing. It's a foreign company that, yeah. that's, 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 that's uh, giving their foreign message. 
but yeah, I mean, Bayer was 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 right to to, to jump in, I suppose, because I I did overstate it. Yeah. The case. Hmm. Yeah, I think uh, we we could have started with the positive first, with like all the the positive reactions, the people who are enjoying it, the people who are inspired by it. Um, but there's no doubt they're the minority. But but that that's, that doesn't make Japan special. I don't like, know. I, I, like I mean, I don't have numbers on it. I, I don't know if I'm comfortable saying that it's like an overwhelming majority who's denying it. Hmm. I, I, yeah, yeah. You might you might you might be right. The thing with Twitter is you don't know you don't know everything until you know about the people you follow who follow you and what you see yeah. according to algorithms. So you don't you don't see the whole picture necessarily. Yeah. Also, I think we've made this point of the podcast before that Twitter is such a small subsection of society. Oh, that's a cat on the keyboard. Don't stop the recording. Uh, <laughs> so Twitter is, is oh yeah, for people that are you might I might not even talk about this on the show. Uh, I found a cat and I think I might be adopting it. Um, yeah. So, but Twitter is such a small subsection of the whole population as well. And people on Twitter tend to be more educated. They tend to be more uh, left wing or at least more politicized. You know, like just demographically, people that go on Twitter are not the, the regular population. Is this true? Yes, hundred percent. I've got friends that that work in uh, marketing, and there's all sorts of stuff doing this. Like I told you that um, if you listen to a podcast, you're something like four times as likely to have a postgraduate degree. Just like the the way that we consume media uh, t tells us, you've got two postgraduate degrees of each other. Yeah, I've got two, so I listen to a lot of podcasts. <laughs> <laughs> that is a classic example of correlation being mixed up with causation. Um, <laughs> I've got two degrees. Shit, I'd better download another podcast. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> what, uh, what people don't know is hiding under those flat caps are more podcasts. Uh, <laughs> you, you, uh, you unwrap your degree scroll and a lot of podcasts fall out. <laughs> yeah. Uh, oh uh, I guess the other thing with, with Twitter is if you read something that you agree with, you, you might retweet it if you feel very strongly about it. Yeah. You might like it. Or you might just read it and go, yep. Or if you see something you disagree with, you might read it and go, nope. Or if you if you feel brave enough, you might you might reply. But then, you know, as we've seen recently, if you if you reply to something sort of national level or controversial, there's gonna be a whole lot of people who you know, reply to you, retweet what you said. Yeah. And then it just, you're just like, Ugh, I, I'm not well, interested in any of that. So I'll just, I'll just agree or disagree mentally. So without, without naming any account names, I've seen like a handful of accounts that I've followed for a while and whose content I, I enjoy. But with this last week, with the whole Yuri Kageyama uh, ill-advised take that was kind of anti-foreigner and everything blowing up around that, it got so much interaction and traction between different accounts, everybody interacting with it, that I've seen a handful of accounts tweeting out greetings to all of their new followers. That they're like, because of this interaction, we've gotten so many new followers. And mm -hmm. none of them are accounts that have like more than, you know, a thousand followers. They're all like in the in the you know 600, 700, 800 range. And they might have picked up a hundred or they might have picked up 50. But I see these accounts going like, oh, I've got all these new followers because of this. And in my mind, I'm kind of like, okay, this is a circle jerk. Like <laughs> this is everybody who thinks the same thing is now following other people who think the exact same thing. And I mean, we're a part of that. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, Joe, didn't we discuss this? Whether we did. 
Well, I don't think it was on your podcast. Though. I think it was be- between these two. Was it the, postcast? The, ah. it, was the, it was the postcast. Hey, we should record this and do that as an Ishikawa summit to here. Um, <laughs> but there's, uh, yeah, I have. I've, I made exactly the same observation, Bobby. It's so interesting you said this. That I noticed it with some people that were kind of doing some anti-trans stuff. Someone made a slightly anti-trans joke. Um, I wouldn't even say it was like transphobic. It was just not being supportive of trans people. But uh, there was someone that commented going, oh, I've had a good laugh because of this. Now I know lots of people who, who, who I can follow. Yeah. And my feeling is, and like I was actually talking about the, the Yuri um, uh, Kageyama tweet. The one who's, which, which we ended, whose name, we by the way, on. whose name, by the way, is one hiragana away from my wife's name. Interesting. Yeah. Maybe it is your wife. <laughs> hey, wouldn't that be funny if your wife was moonlighting <laughs> as a journalist and you, and you had no idea? <laughs> and then, and, and the, these gaijins ranting was just a reference to me. <laughs> <laughs> it was it was a veiled podcast inside all along. Your kids. <laughs> <laughs> Half of his kids. Uh, and uh, but anyway, I, I explained that like a, a lot of the people. The reason why I felt motivated to write that Twitter thread was because a lot of the criticism was not actually about what she was writing. Yeah. Right? But rather people just performing being angry, doing angry retweets, copying in AP. And that's not what I think Twitter should be used for. Right? Like, like I, I think if, if she's going to be bold and put her opinions out there, then let's just, you know, let's tackle the opinions. Let's ask her tough questions. And not just say, look at this tosser, everyone. Which is basically what happens now on Twitter. Well, I mean, there's two sides to it, I guess, because the people who did try to ask her tough and fair questions, even politely, even like like Rochelle, Rochelle. a cop got blocked for such yeah. a measured, politely worded. We could yeah. we could do with a little bit more empathy. Yeah, I thought I saw that, and I thought she she I've heard it on your show a couple of times. She seems like such a kind of well um a, a thoughtful person very well mannered and very very knowledgeable yeah an expert in a field and she's kind of presenting quite a reasonable suggestion yeah and then the answer is just blocked yeah i i i, I did weigh in it on it as well a little bit myself yeah and i think um that her response to, not not rochelle i mean the journalists was yeah her, her response to me was something like why don't you do it's a couple of things look, look at your own ancestry was one thing she said which yeah. I, I found quite baffling and then what about in your own person, country you, you're british yeah i don't know but i didn't think that it was relevant yeah it's what about it it's not relevant at all i mean it's yeah i'm so, absolutely like appalled at what yeah. the the uk do <laughs> yeah. like it doesn't make it so it doesn't, yeah. one of the things yes. that I that I feel is really a shame that we didn't get to find out about this whole thing because she went on this double down blocking spree is what was she talking about? Like, what was she referring to? Because I, I've seen, you know, foreigners with ill-advised takes that I'm like, this person is not knowledgeable enough to be speaking on this. They're reacting uh, and blaming Japan in a way that's unfair. And so I'm sure that there are, there's content out of there there's content out there that must have you know come across her timeline and bothered her and i know she's an extremely international person she probably has you know reasons or needs or or desires to go to countries that she can't go to right now and there might yeah. be an emotional aspect of it there 
But so, so, something that I did find interesting is in our whole tweet thread, the tweet which got the fewest likes was one of the tweets which I added, uh, which is, I, I kind of agreed that she's right. It's reasonable to suspend visas during a pandemic. Yeah. Because it is, right? Like, no matter mm. how careful you are, right, about people getting screened and PCR tested and whatever, like, there's still a chance that you're going to spread the virus. And that happened, yeah. I think, in Taiwan. I think Taiwan had almost rid itself of the virus. Then one pilot gets lazy. And, you know, there's another... Uh, 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 he's patient X again. So, on the one hand, it's absolutely fine to have the position despite the fact that it upsets livelihoods, despite the fact that someone has given up their job to move to Japan, etc. Yeah. Like, w this cr this crazy expectation that your life is going to be trouble-free, uh, like, is, uh, especially in the middle of a pandemic, not valid. So yeah. on the one hand, her point might be true, that like, yeah, maybe Japan should lock its borders, and maybe... Um, especially you know, maybe since this time around, they are cracking down. They're, I mean, they're doing it way too late, but they are increasing the restrictions for Japanese people as well. Like they're yeah, they're exactly. increasing yeah. the the uh, I don't think loops, anybody the, sen yeah. Oh, yeah I don't think anyone is sensibly supporting the fact that just because of which passport you have, if you're on the same plane coming in from the same country, you should be treated differently. That is obviously abs an absurd distinction. Well, and as Magdalena Osumi said, yeah, yeah. that that policy might have come from not thinking rather than actively realizing quite what nonsense discrimination it is. Um, but also there's a broader question about like, well, maybe this comes from this idea that every time you have a pandemic style restriction, such as making a citizen stay in a hotel for 14 days, that is an infringement on your hu on your human rights. And maybe Japanese uh, native citizens have more human rights than non-citizens. There's also kind of, kind of that mentality of like, well, when they're a guest in our country, we're allowed to be a bit more the law is allowed to be a bit more biting. I'm sure that kind of mentality might also exist too. Yeah. It's a can of worms. And and like like I said, like as soon as I saw the tweet, I was like, I, I immediately see what's problematic about this. But I also see the logic and the reasoning behind where she's coming from. Like, like the other countries are worse or other countries are doing it too. Yes, it's not. It doesn't make it okay that Japan's doing it, but it's still true. Yes, and I think it's also relevant. Something else I added to that tweet thread. I mean, if anyone's interested, Bobby and I kind of co-wrote it, right? You you kind of wrote down the main questions you wanted to ask, and I kind of tidied it up and structured it a bit. And one of the things which I added was Japan being a developed country. Like, Japan was unique in developed countries by having this discriminatory uh, system. Because I do think if you're a less developed country with less money to throw at this problem, then it's maybe fairer to have fewer restrictions. If you've got fewer resources to, you know, test people or to, you know, to, to put people in hotels, then maybe fair enough. So like Malaysia, for example, which is a, a less developed country, has harder restrictions. And some people who, I know a story of someone who retired in Malaysia, uh, you know, they had a, a valid working permit. They weren't allowed back in, just like happened in Japan. And it caused them a huge problem because they, you know, they had to have someone go around the house and turn off the water and, you know, make sure that there mm. weren't pests and water the plants and whatever. Um, people that had pets that were being given to a friend, you know, suddenly had to find a new place for these pets for six months. So, yeah, loads of loads of trouble. And also some people that, you know, were living in a different country on vacation with for two weeks had to then suddenly rent an apartment there and so were paying rent twice. So all sorts of genuine problems. But it's maybe more forgivable in a developing country where, you know, that they don't have the, the same money to throw at the problem. 
But I think mm. in a country like Japan, it, it is kind of unforgivable. I think part, partly what one thing you said there about being a guest in the country is part of the issue as well. Is if, yeah. if you are a if yeah. you are and then the word citizens was used. If you're if you know if you live yeah. in a country and you pay tax and you have a job and an apartment and a family and this is the point I made. Yeah. Then you are you are a citizen of the country. You live in the country, and so therefore you should have. You're not a guest in the country. You're paying tax. Mm. Yeah. You're you live. I if someone said where are you from, I'm from here now. Yeah. This is you know, it doesn't. Well, that I was spent, yeah. That that know, was two the conflation. And, Again, like we don't know specifically what she was responding to, but the way she said it conflated. You know, people who might be say looking to move over for their first term, or you know, mm. tourists wanting to come over to Japan with people like us who live here and pay taxes and have families here, and so mm. f for her to to conflate that and imply that we're entitled is like, well, yeah, I mean, we should be entitled to the same things that you know another tax-paying Japanese citizen is entitled to. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Well, uh, and uh, well, thankfully, things like the vaccine, right? You know, th there doesn't appear to be an idea that non-Japanese people aren't going to be entitled to the vaccine in the same way that Japanese. People are. <laughs> that's so. That's so funny. I would love to see like the hardcore Japanese right wingers being like, you know, foreigners are the problem. Foreigners are the one who are spreading it, and then being like, but also don't give them the vaccine. <laughs> <laughs> well, actually, it's, but sometimes these things happen. These things happen, right? Like. The, you know, when people have extreme views, they get so extreme, they circle back. So actually, the, 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 the logical extreme right-wing view is we must vaccinate the foreigners first. <laughs> we, yeah. must we must prioritize. We must prioritize. Anyway, so Baye, I don't think there's anything. I mean, firstly, I would say the episode with Baye was nicer, partly because we the first time we had Baye on the show, it was in the wake of the Black Lives Matter protests, which were a very somber event. And I think something which a lot of people felt, particularly in Japan, was a feeling of helplessness, right? Like, you know, what, you're just watching this unfold. Deep down, we all know that, that being black uh, gives you a, a, a raw deal in most aspects yeah. of, your, of your life. But also, I think most people, at least who listen to our show, know that they've not, at least actively played any part in making a black person's life worse right like, like that's that, that's kind of the tension which i think most people felt like never in my life have i thought right i'm going to discriminate against a black person or i'm going to try and make a black person's life worse the reason why it was it was unsettling and uncomfortable was what was being revealed was well there's a system that we're participating in which even if you've not tried to you've been part of that system and it's either benefited you as a non-black person or it's caused a black person some kind of harm and like that's that's that was kind of what was so confronting about the movement wasn't it and that's why you know we felt so helpless and that's why you know we try and keep our shows light-hearted but that's why of, of all the episodes the bio one we thought well let's do our best to give this guy space but also try and make it relevant to us and our listeners and that's another tension isn't it because on the one hand with these things you want to say no this is the like, in fact in fact my my friend tweeted th this exact joke which was um one tweet on his timeline was this is the moment for white people to speak up if you're not if you're not shouting at the top of your voice and using your privilege to kick up a fuss about black lives matter you are part of the problem and the very next tweet down is 
um, <laughs> is uh, this is the time for white people to shut up and let black people talk. And then his, his take was, there's never been a harder time to be white. Uh, <laughs> but but, um, but uh, yeah, I mean, this, this is the issue, right? That on the one hand, like we want Baye to, to, to just present what he thinks. On the other hand, what's the point in him coming on our podcast if we don't give our perspective and try and channel the conversation for something which is interesting to our listeners? Uh, and so, you know, as as I think we talked about either on the show or in the hand, or uh, after the show, you know, I got someone who was really angry with something I said on that podcast who kind of misunderstood. Oh, yeah, this didn't make the show. I'm sure this didn't make the show. It might have made the extras. Uh, you know, he'd misunderstood. So, so then it must have been Bobby who was really angry. Then, in that case. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, I, no, I had I mean, my own but, issues with that show, but. Uh. <laughs> uh, no, but, you know, but, but it was just it was just a very tense show. Right. Whereas this one. Although we were still talking about race, it wasn't talking about about. Um, it, there was a lot more positive about, to focus on, yeah. Yes, and, and also specifically, it wasn't talking about Baye personally, because this is what's interesting about Baye, right? That he's not Japanese. He doesn't have Japanese blood. He's he's a, a black person in Japan, and you know, no doubt he's faced discrimination. But a lot of the disc- the discrimination he's faced in Japan is also the same kind of discrimination that people from India might have faced, or people from Brazil might have faced, or people from Korea might have faced, right? Like. It's not it's not necessarily black focused discrimination in the same way that it is in, in, in the US. And some of the issues that we were talking about were people who were denied their Japanese identity by virtue of having black skin. And that's not something which Baye has had to face. So for me, that felt very freeing that he's still an expert on this topic and he still thought about it a lot. And he still spent a lot of time talking to people who are affected. But the fact that he was not kind of personally directly targeted by this NICAD for me felt very freeing because I could ask him more frank questions I felt at least mm. uh, and and it wasn't me making any kind of potentially personal attacks he was just an educated observer of this of this problem that you know black um, black people who are Japanese or, or anyone yeah, that's, that's I, Japanese that has yeah. different skin colour is, is, is not, not acknowledged to be so as far as I know he doesn't have a mixed race child or anything does he he doesn't have, no, I don't think so. for want of a better word, skin in the game. Thank you. Ha ha ha. No, I, that's interesting. I hadn't thought of that. That um, that because he has never been wrongfully denied a Japanese identity, that uh, that he, he the tension was less. I hadn't that hadn't occurred to me. But is it? Do you not think it's true? No, I do think it's true. That's a, yeah. Okay. Uh, Joe, did you feel that this was a more listenable? Or more enjoyable, or more or less impactful episode than, than his. It was one? it was a lot less unenjoyable um, than than the other episodes. Yeah, um, I'll just let that sink in for a second. <laughs> uh, <laughs> no, I thought I thought I thought it was very interesting, um, I, uh, and uh, yeah, I, I kind of um, I'm I'm struggling to remember specific details from the episode, but I got a general feeling of. Um, that the the Baye, um, he, he was very engaging and, yeah. and kind of spoke spoke quite intelligently about this and didn't get didn't seem to be defensive, which is well, he's quite nice. He's one of the perfect things in a Japan by River Cruise guest because he's super knowledgeable. He's really well spoken and he's a good comedy audience. He's a great mm. comedy audience. Uh, he's come. He's come what to. What we're trying to say is, we like Baye because he finds us funny. <laughs> well, no, I mean, like, I think a lot of the people who come on enjoy the show or enjoy some of the jokes that we make. But, but like, he's very. He really likes comedy, 
and his reactions are big and he engages with the joke and he tries to add something to it or he he tells yeah. us in the moment what he thinks about it well actually joe there's actually there was actually one point in the show where he was laughing so much he stopped and went that's a great joke which I cut because I, you know, I don't want to, I don't want to flat, flat. Yeah, there were two much. jokes that he wrote down, and he was like, "I'm going to use those." Oh yeah, yeah. So well, yeah, one of my jokes, he was like, "I'm going to take that," and then I said, "I'm going to put right, it on Twitter Abby. and not credit you." Yeah. yeah. Well, I, I, I said that's um, if that's the part that I can play to to make reparations, then I'll, um, I'll, I'll, I'll do so. Uh, but no, he, he, he was great. I also love how much of a Naomi Saka, a Naomi Osaka fanboy he is. Yeah. Like he really, 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 really likes Naomi Osaka, well, I mean, and I can't wait. She's One day he great might get to as well. Yeah, she's Davis. so unapologetic for for you know being Japanese and not being anything that Japanese society expects her to be. Yes, and the more successful she gets, the more of a boss she becomes. Right? Yeah. Because he's like, look, I'm being me, and I'm telling you, I'm Japanese, and I'm also doing my own thing. Yeah, she's know. probably the highest profile Japanese spokesperson for. Kind of these racial issues that well, yeah, has ever right, been I mean, right now. Yeah. Further, she's more famous than the Japanese royal family. Close your eyes around the world, it. definitely. Yeah, yeah, exactly. She, she, she is the um, yeah, she, she's the the current face of Japan, which really annoys, you know, like to think that she's taken over from PPAP man. It's uh, <laughs> it's, it's it's really quite the quite the leap, isn't it? Yeah. Talking of uh. Well, t- talking of mixed race, uh, black people in Japan, should we move on to the next episode? Sure. I I, I want to take a minute and just um, enjoy that moment where you thought that you might be about to say something potentially racist. Then you went through it in your mind and were like, nope, this is okay to say. <laughs> it's it's all true stuff. <laughs> I'm just going to say it. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. exactly. Um, you about to, uh, talking about talking of, of black people. Wait, is this okay to say? <laughs> yes. Okay. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's fine we um although have you noticed probably that there's a pattern i mean i only noticed this because i wrote up the email this month but last month we had two japanese women and this month we had two black men i wonder what the if there'll be one common denominator for half of our guests in january do you know i feel i feel for the white middle class men who are just left out in this whole se- oh wait there <laughs> here i am <laughs> yeah and okay. also there's a lot of them on the show <laughs> like, like also <laughs> that was like, a joke by the way yeah. <laughs> i don't feel sorry for them <laughs> well, I, I i i i do have some some sympathy for white middle class men oh this is going to be another 10 minutes <laughs> I, yeah we, um, we've, we've had this discussion before i know what you're going to say what am i going to say about the idea that it's so hard for for you to feel like it's okay to add your voice to the chorus at this point in time because there are yeah. other people out there that are have the same perspective and saying the same things. Uh, well, yeah, well, oh, yeah. I mean, I, I was kind of joking, to be honest, about about me having sympathy, but I do think that like what I w- what I would like, what I would not like is for the white middle class man to have an identity of their own. That's actually my main problem. Because like what I don't like about identity politics is while it's good that it does like create a, a cohesive identity for groups of people, which they which they can then use to give themselves a broader platform, which they deserve. I don't like how like the the logical kind of corollary of that is the middle the white middle class man then needs to form his own identity, and that's then used as as potentially down the line as a sword. And I my my kind of my feeling is 
Like it's it's just not it's not good. It's not healthy for me to double down on that identity. But more and more, I have to. Like I have to articulate it in those terms. Like even even Joe, like articulated it in 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 these terms. And we didn't have to until we until identity politics was used as a tool to give a voice to to people who hadn't previously had a voice. Which is which is exactly what needed to have happened. There's no question about it. But I just hope that what it doesn't mean is that. Um, is that you know white white, well, white mean, men get I, I, white men get get super proud of their you know of their identity uh, and then then become a, an inward looking cult well that that definitely happens in the the you know extreme fringes uh and and even on the not so extreme fringes but um i i will say that i am very conscious of when we're booking guests of going like well we can't have four white middle-class male guests this month yes yeah no i i agree but but i do um no i'm absolutely for that uh and i i feel the same way too but i do also you know i i do also think well i i think two things one i think it's fine that we have to put in a bit of a bit more hard work to find guests which aren't them because generally there are so many really talented white men (laughs) yeah do you know there are well i mean yeah like like so yeah. it's, it's so much easier to find them. And so we'll always find one. Every month, there'll always be some white I, I, man who's got a, a senior position in a newspaper, 10,000 Twitter followers, clearly articulate, clearly smart, clearly, know, clearly we'll know how to work with him. He'll be an easy book, right? And so it's, uh, yeah, it's just kind of inevitable they'll always, they'll always, be, they'll always be there. Well, there's, there's, like it or not, you are one. Yeah, I mean, I, I, yeah, yeah. I was Therefore it's easier. just going to say yeah. a, part of exactly. it, a part of it is that, yeah, they're... they're out there but a part of it is also you know our lens that we look through might make it easier for us to recognize them i remember hearing something about how like uh men tend to like women's tweets less and wondering how true that was of of myself do you remember hearing about this like um, men retweet other men more than they retweet women that's interesting Mm. yeah but that's true i I think that's that's just true generally isn't it i mean you know like if you go to like like i spent a bit of time like actively following uh, trans people. I realized I only had two trans friends on Facebook. Leave them alone, Ollie. <laughs> no, no, but like one of my friends had gone through a transition like, and, and she was sharing her journey very, very openly. And it was like fascinating and heartwarming. And I'm so pleased, genuinely pleased for the transformation her life has had in the, in the last six months. Um, and so I just like followed like 15, 20 kind of trans activist accounts because I thought, you know, it's just nice to know more, isn't it? Um, and I noticed that like all their comments are other trans activists right and so like they have their own community where like you know they're hyping each other up and that's just true for every every pocket of social media isn't it that yeah i mean i guess i guess i don't have the same concerns about it as you and because i don't see it getting anywhere near close to the current state is that the white middle class male voice is overrepresented and other voices are underrepresented and i don't see the scales being tipped anytime soon Oh no no! Hang on! Don't mischaracterize my concern. I've I've never suggested that the scales are going to be tipped and white men are going to be the minority. That's, that's yeah, yeah, that's not true. what I'm saying yeah. at all. What, what, what the only thing I'm saying is I've noticed a trend where because um, you know because being a black woman is something which is celebrated and highlighted and you know s- something which there's a lot of energy being put at. What I'm seeing is people who are white men on and I've seen it on Twitter. I've seen it elsewhere 
are kind of doing trying to do the same thing to themselves not realizing that the spotlighting of the of the black woman is kind of for a different reason that they would be doing it for themselves and but it's just my concern generally is uh, uh you know identity politics is a very broad term everything that happens like i'm for positive discrimination i'm sure like i'm for all women shortlists <clears throat> i'm for all this kind of stuff my concern is if we if we are um kind of you know if we're if we're allowing yeah no, someone to say as a white as a white man we all believe this this is now our tribe yeah um it's, it's not a, it's not a particularly pleasant world to live in well i definitely see what you're saying and the reason that i brought it up in terms of guest bookings earlier was because i understand it in terms of like well when we look at who we want to book for our guests we look to increase diversity and to have as many kinds of voices on as possible and so we go okay, if you fit in this box that says you're a white middle-class male, then you're less desirable as a guest on the show because you don't add anything to, to I mean, our perspective is already white middle-class male. So we look yeah. to try to, you know, create more diversity. And so, whereas in the past, you might not have had to label somebody in that way. Now, being aware of diversity and trying to encourage more diversity, you put that label on this person because they're white and male. But the problem that you run into there is is saying, well, it's, it's, a, it's a shame that they have to be labeled this way or they shouldn't be labeled this way. They're kind of the only group that hasn't had to deal with the... Um, the what's the word the stigma of being labeled for their race and their politics and their gender yeah so I know, far I, I i complete i completely agree i completely agree and i kind of that that's uh, that is kind of my point right that for the longest time the white man hasn't had a label because they've been the default yeah right? and yeah, that's yeah, something yeah. which in the last five years has been highlighted and that's true right you know no one you know, even women uh, say things like yeah i see a panel of, of white men and don't even notice it didn't, even, it didn't yeah, yeah. even occur to me there was no diversity and now because of this conversation people are starting to notice my point is obviously it's preferable down the line if uh if the same thing happens that if it's a panel of all women and we don't go oh unable to book a man were you or is this positive discrimination but rather the assumption is they're all there on merit you know there's there's nothing nothing to complain about yeah likewise uh, like we discussed off air about um you know comedy writers and you know the, someone sees a someone sees a, a, a name from a, a minority background and goes oh no doubt they got their job because of their background rather than their talent oh, that has to one that has to stop one day right yeah absolutely yeah. has to how can you possibly build a career if people are assuming every achievement is because of positive discrimination yeah uh, it's just i guess I, the, you know, I'm the, looking the highest to i can the... put my point is i just don't i don't mm. like i don't like the idea of of the white man being a supercharged identity that is then somehow uh, consolidated and, uh, and, and and celebrated and that seems to be a trajectory that we're going in and that only we've been there for we've, been, we've already been there for forever man that's what the gkk yeah, is but it's, it, uh, well exactly but, no, but yeah. it, it's, that's been you know, a laughable fringe I just, yeah, I, I hope it. I hope the mild mannered, the mild mannered, um, sort of KKK light, yeah, unintentional version. I, I'm quite, I'm quite uh, looking forward to the time where everybody is an octopus memoji, and you can't tell. One good thing about Twitter is sometimes you can't tell by somebody's handle mm. or picture what that's they are that's <laughs> and that's true. quite nice you can in, you can engage agree disagree retweet whatever 
and it, at no point does their gender, race, or you know any kind of preconception come into it whatsoever. Yes. Unless their I, avatar is an anime girl, in which case they are a white man. Yes, absolutely <laughs> right. Yeah. Actually, you're right. There's someone who I followed on Twitter today who I've enjoyed their stuff for a while. And I genuinely have no idea if they're a boy or a girl. I don't know which country they're from. And I don't know what race they are. And right. it's only just now that that's occurred to me. Hmm. Right? That, yeah. Because like, I, I hadn't projected anything onto them. Right? You know, I hadn't... Um, but it's... You know, only it's only like, then will you sort of get... A, uh, you'll get someone's true opinion there without any kind of... Yes. I, I, worry. I think, I, think, I think you're right. But also, like, um, Airbnb noticed that when Airbnb uh, removes profile photos, that black people uh, get accepted for bookings more. Yeah, and there was the whole thing about um, university uh, sort of entrance um, people with African-sounding names. Yeah. When they change their names to very Western-sounding names or, you know, Tom Smith or something. Yeah, they did the same thing with job applications. Yeah, job it might have been job applications. Yeah, it just the huge difference. So if you, if you, if you can... Uh, you know, if you can remove as much of that, and that, I think in Japan there's the whole thing with uh, photographs on your CV, right? Yes. Or your uh, resume. Yeah. Like th that's that's completely uh, abolished in the UK, as far as I'm aware. I've never had yes. to put a, a photograph anywhere. Um, We're all very grateful just, for that, by the way. Yeah, and I <laughs> and I think now even any demographic information is only is only sort of revealed to the future employer after they've accepted or rejected the application yes yeah. yes that's right or, or like if you're asked things like are you like your sexual orientation or ethnic background that that's that's done to kind of create data but isn't stapled to your to your actual application mm -hmm. yeah um, well this this kind of reminds me bobby of the of the episode we did on unconscious bias and uh and with tucci quintella yeah and we never really we never really got onto some of the more meatier stuff there about how you know, like the UK government, for example, has, has taken a step back and said that the civil service is not to do to spend any more money on on unconscious bias training because it's proven not to work. Yeah, and it's like well, that's good. If it doesn't work, you shouldn't do it. And if it makes things worse, which some studies claim it does, you shouldn't do it. Mm. What then you also should do is replace it with something which does work. And that that part of the puzzle they've not yet bothered with. Um, how how sidetracked are we getting, Bobby? Are you are you? I'm ex uh, we're extremely sidetracked and we're at like over an hour now. <laughs> yeah, sorry, yeah. that's my fault. No, it's not. No, it's it's not, Ali's it's fault. My fault. It's my fault. I'm, I'm happy to admit this time it's my fault. So if, okay, well, anyone who's still listening to this, by the way, thank you. We appreciate you sticking along for the ride. We hope you find it enjoyable. Is there anything else, Bobby, you'd like to say about uh, Go Takeuchi? <laughs> we haven't said anything about his episode. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I would I would like to say um, we didn't mention this got cut in editing uh, because it had to be because um, of audio issues but when we talked about his video where uh, people ask him about his parents relationship I really wanted to include in the final cut how good his acting is especially in that moment mm. where he's like they ask him so many questions that he's forced to be like no I never met my father my mom raised me alone and, and like he he kind of makes it sound like like he had he makes it clear that like they're asking like personal negative like hurtful yes. memories and the the best part in in the acting of it is how the japanese person that's asking him after that goes nonka gomenne which is like an apology but an apology in a way that's like 
they make it clear that he's being unreasonable for having gotten upset about this. Yeah, I actually actually prefer the acting. I do think that's great, but I think the best acting, because it's so spot on, is when the person's asking about like making assumptions and they go eh, do you know, and it's like yeah they, they, they do this thing where i'm just filling in the gaps for you so if your mum's from there and your dad's from there then you must be and yeah. it, it's 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 so spot on it's exactly like i've had that right oh so you're from england is that right it's that kind of oh yeah if you were to if you were to localize it to english oh so you must be yeah um, yeah just spot on and i also will say uh, i regret doing that bobby Oregon joke I should not have done that joke. I no longer do it. Why? The one about being the Bobby who doesn't punch my wife. Oh, is it? Is it not true? <laughs> no, it's, it <laughs> remains true. It's just I don't think I don't think the uh, domestic violence joke is worth it. Ah, well, you're uh, you're not celebrating domestic violence. Nah, that's it's arguable. It's not a joke about domestic violence, is it? Domestic violence is a is a is a tool to make a different joke. Yeah, which which people would argue that it's uh, who am I to use domestic violence as a tool to get a laugh? Well, well I don't think you should use domestic violence as a tool. <laughs> <laughs> Just as a representative of Ishikawa Summitsi, I'd like to say domestic violence is bad, despite what uh, Bobby and Ollie might be saying. <laughs> uh, well, my, my, I mean, Bob, I think Bobby knows my views about jokes. That yeah, de- definitely some topics, uh, like. Anyone that's saying you shouldn't write comedy about a certain topic is as mad, in my view, as saying you shouldn't paint art about a certain topic, or you shouldn't write books about a certain topic. However, definitely you can claim that you don't have the lived experience or the knowledge yeah. to make a, a good joke or that it isn't going to upset someone. But I, I, I get mad when people confuse the subject with the object of a joke. And just because a word has been mentioned doesn't mean that that is what you're targeting with the joke. And doesn't mean that you're necessarily going to have any kind of collateral. Yeah, I, just like the joke we talked about in the live stream yeah, episode. I think it's a little bit more complicated than that, um, but that, that we can talk about that at a different time. Speaking oh. of domestic violence, if uh, <laughs> if I don't go and um, um, sort of what's the word? See my wife at some point in the next couple of hours. She probably will. Some point to see. <laughs> uh, all right well, do you know what we're probably going to wrap up in the next quarter of an hour so i mean feel free to go now we're not going to no gonna no you. no no I, she doesn't she doesn't deserve it <laughs> okay uh, f- fine uh we're sure she's lovely uh she does she does deserve it uh, i don't know what i'm talking about uh, yeah, that's, not, that's not a nice joke to make you're allowed to retract that joke <laughs> yeah. I, I don't know what joke i made and uh i re- but i retract it um Shall we? Should we do the next episode, Bobby? I'll let I'll let you take the yes. lead now, so I don't keep jumping in. Well, uh, hang on. Is there anything else Christmas. you want to say about, about um, Black Samurai? Because w- one thing that I did want to mention before we move on is I'm pleased that we did an episode about entertainment because that's your yeah. your wheelhouse. Yeah, it was mine. We enjoy talking about the entertainment industry. We don't talk about it enough because listeners seem to find it interesting. Coco, Christmas episode, our uh, live stream with the Bryans. I was very, very happy that everybody showed up. It was a lot of fun. Not, not everybody. Weren't you there? I wasn't. No, wasn't I wasn't. Oh, you came. You I came as soon as it was over. Yeah. Yeah, came I was having a Christmas party. dinner with my wife. Yeah, you were actually <laughs> spending Christmas with your family, like a monster. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I will. Uh, I will say that there were a handful of times that. 
Ali, you started in on a premise that I think you thought was relatable that I don't think was as relatable as you thought it was. Examples? Turkey and chicken? You started talking at one point about, like, you never see turkey. What happens to turkey? How come How come you don't eat turkey outside of Disneyland turkey legs? And, like, people eat turkey all the time. Like, turkey sandwiches is a huge thing. That's what you, you were like, where does all the turkey go? And I wanted to be like, people eat it regularly all year yeah, round but have you, well what's the deal with airplane food <laughs> <laughs> it was just one of those things that you threw out there like like you expected everybody to be like yeah you never hear about turkey outside of well, christmas or disney turkey legs and everyone was just like what what <laughs> i wasn't well, no. i was i was with only on that one do you guys not eat tur- maybe, do you not eat turkey sandwiches maybe in the uk British thing, then. actually turkey twizzlers Oh, that's true. Yeah, well, Turkey Twizzlers has been banned. Uh, do you know, well, Bobby, look, not every comedy premise is as relatable as you hope, right? Yeah. And that is kind of, that is the big fear when you do comedy on stage. That I'm not sure anyone... Unrehearsed on comedy stage on stage, yeah, yeah. Relate to this. Well, not even unrehearsed. No, right? yeah, you know, yeah. if, you've, if you've written a joke, but... Because that does happen, right? You say, like, you say something, but you're expecting everyone's going to go, oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. But actually, they're like, nope, we've just found the line. You are weird. Yeah. <laughs> yeah 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 and there was a um there was another really good moment that i kind of wish so so i think like because we were doing it live i held back on like going after you for stuff here and there because we yeah. couldn't edit it out and it was in front of everybody but there was one point uh we were talking about love hotels and i talked about the banana and donuts one and how it had a sign is like a, a of the banana and the donut anthropomorphic and you said oh was the donut a ring donut and listening back to it i was like Yes, obviously. It was a ring donut, or as normal people refer to it, a donut. Well, again, this I, I'm going to appeal to Joe because Joe, when we think of a donut, we think of a of a, of a jam donut, donut or a jam filled donut. Exactly. A jam donut would have made sense comedically <laughs> because that would make the whole point of going to the Love Hotel completely pointless. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> so actually, that is exactly where my mind went. Right, like if if either it's a cream donut and things and, and things which is have been great, very successful, bash on, or it's a jam donut and it's like we'll have to postpone this till next week. <laughs> So, or if it's a love hotel, you could even have one with sprinkles on. <laughs> oh, God. Uh, so, yes, and maybe donuts in America. Because, like, when an American thinks of a donut, you think of a Homer Simpson style donut. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's obviously my only cultural reference. But donuts in the UK, I remember buying five jam donuts in a bag from Tesco. Like, ring donuts are not as much of a thing. No, I would not. say, in, t- in, terms of, in terms of ranking, we're going filled jam, diddy, then ring. What's a diddy? It's a Sean a Sean Sean Combs, Sean Puffy Combs. <laughs> Joe, you must have been to like Brighton Pier or any seaside town. I'm from Newcastle. I haven't been further south than Birmingham. Okay. Um, you have coastal towns. Yeah, we have, yeah we don't have diddy donut. We have fish and chips. You've been to Blackpool. There's diddy donuts in Blackpool. Uh, little sugar, yeah, little sugar maybe. ring donut. Little sugar little baby donuts. I only ever have the the jam boys. Okay. I think in, anyway. I think are they called crullers in the states? What's a cruller? Because I remember watching Wayne's World yeah, yeah. and they go to like what's that? A cruller is a certain kind of donut. Uh, it's usually like um, uh, donut. It's ridged and glazed. 
like a French style oh. ridge donut and then uh, glazed. Bobby, the idea of a glazed donut didn't make the UK until the last decade or so. What? Yeah, do- donuts are not. Donuts are just like you get you get jam donuts and that's it, and you eat them without licking your lips. Well, then I'm glad so, I, yeah. I didn't call you out for it. Uh, yeah, because that would have exactly. been yeah, that would have been my moment to discover that my perspective was not the universal one. Exactly, the, uh, uh, more American imperialism. Yeah, cultural imperialism. This is the joy of cross-cultural communication. And yeah, last thing for me, on plenty of episodes, you have set me up for a joke because you know my material <laughs> and then done and, it. and on plenty of episodes you have done my jokes but never before have you set me up for one of my jokes and then just done it <laughs> yeah uh, you know as i was saying it i was thinking I, as i was saying i was thinking this is too this is this is too obvious a joke for bobby not to have done it without necessarily thinking i was full on appropriating the joke that you're referring to is um, so so maybe I should let you do it. Yeah, maybe the joke was uh <laughs> was uh how Japanese people love half kids and how you know, I've got twin girls and they're half and so I take them out around town and every everybody comes up to us and goes oh they're so cute oh they're so kawaii oh they're so beautiful and it's like guys I am also very attractive <laughs> ah so that so oh, that's funny that time yeah <laughs> that joke of yours I've heard right yeah 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 but. But it's the same joke. It's the, the joke same was, joke. Okay, okay, it is the same joke. But my version of the joke, that I've definitely heard, but my version of the joke was, you must be annoyed that like, they're not beautiful because of their halfness. They're beautiful because it's your genes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, that, that's the joke which I told, which I agree, it's, uh, it's, not, it's not as clean as your joke. But then again, well, as soon I as couldn't you have said appropriated it, your version of the joke. As soon as you said it, I was like, he's setting me up for this, and I was so ready to do it. Oh no, that must have made you feel so sad. Well, you do, uh, <laughs> but it's totally par for the course for how we how we interact. But sometimes, but sometimes, because I have stolen enough of your material. Yep. Uh, but this is an ongoing joke. I'm not a joke. Also, I've, Bobby and I have. I've never I've never done any of Ollie's jokes on the show. Well, also sometimes. Some, <laughs> Just leave that hanging. What would sometimes happen was Bobby would text me to ask if you could do one of my jokes on TV. And I'd go, yeah, I'm never going to do them on TV, so of course you can. Yeah, I think that may have happened. Yeah, for your um, Asadesu, sometimes you, you would, you'd ask if, I can, if you can use one. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, but anyway, like, the, the, you know, my, my view about this is Bobby and I have, like, obviously I, I, would, I would never knowingly do someone else's joke on stage. In the podcast, sometimes, yeah, you know, if, if Bobby's there, I might run his material. Yeah. But not deliberately, just because it's something we've obviously talked about, and I, I, I know inside out. Turkish delight. <laughs> yeah, that's not your joke. <laughs> yes, it is. Yes, it is. And you asked me if you could use it, and I said yeah. And then you posted it on Facebook. Turkish delight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You said I'm doing a job for Deloitte, and I said, are there going to be any Turkish people there? Yes, that that was how you got that joke, and you said, "Oh, that's great! Can I use it?" And I said, "Yeah, you can use it." And then oh, you used it. But surely, you know, if you do that, you got to do it, you got to do it in a Birmingham accent, otherwise yeah. it won't work. Oh, Bobby, that is true. Yeah, and, and do you know what? And, and I I took a note of that joke. Yeah, and two days later, and you, so you posted I... it on Facebook, and you said, uh, "I did a job for Deloitte, and there was somebody from Istanbul in the crowd. Guess what my crowd work was with them?" And I I just underneath it, I wrote, "I can guess." Because I wrote that joke. <laughs> Thank 
you. <laughs> Thank you, Bobby. You're welcome. All right. Well, uh, I mean, something I, I will. I didn't know Bobby, that you've forgotten that. I, yeah, I said you could use it. <laughs> well, one one thing that is for sure is Bobby's going to get a credit in the credits of Pig in Japan as. Um, Oh, that yeah. Something. You want to tell Joe that joke because that's that's like one of the funniest. Honestly, it's one of the funniest moments in the show, and it was so fun working on that together. We're talking about the tell um, me the fried chicken, the uh, the fried chicken routine. Yeah, so yeah, yeah, yeah. I I, I I've got a routine about buying uh, fried chicken from a convenience store, and. Uh, I I shouldn't do the whole routine, but basically, Bobby kind of I didn't have a way to end it. And Bobby kind of gave me tags, and um, the, the 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 part which the part which we kind of stumbled on together, and Bobby really ran with was, I would always rather than get change, right? So I'd always go and pay my gas bill, my electricity bill, and my insurance. It would always come to about four and a half thousand yen. I'd always mm. give a five thousand yen note, and in exchange, I would refuse the uh, refuse the money and get fried chicken instead, and. And so then, because of this, I became more aware of my energy consumption. So, like, I'd be, I'd be leaving the house, turning off the light switch. That's a leg. Um, and then the the, fi- the final punchline was: um, you buy a um, box of chicken, oh, take it home, yeah. turn the lights on. Nope, eat it in the dark. <laughs> buy a box of fried chicken, turn the lights on. No need. Eat it in the dark. Um, and it, it would always consistently get really, really big laughs. Winter you know comes, funny? it starts Moments to get hold. Winter comes, it starts to get cold. Do I turn the heater on? Nope. Residual heat from the fried chicken. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. But what's funny is moments like that, right? I will always remember. Like, I'll always think of the person that's gave me those lines. Because those, like, that that residual heat from the fried chicken, I think that was purely Bobby, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. I, mean, I didn't come up with that. Yeah. And so moments like that, I will think of the person that's given me the line. Because obviously the show is, like, 95 plus percent me yeah but there are two or three lines from other people uh, quite a few from bobby one or two from from other friends because you need to right sometimes you just don't know how to get stuck out of a maze that you've created yeah but other people can look at it and um but while you're performing it i do you know you always remember that that person because it, it, it does feel it does feel like cheating honestly even though it shouldn't because what's your job it's just your job's just to do a good show isn't it um but likewise like yeah. all of the stuff which we write for the show all of the, the jokes for the start of the show Oh, it's like, so I, I, I it's can, so co-written. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> um, Our show but, is completely co-unwritten. <laughs> <laughs> right, uh, but I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. But I, I, I'm a big like defender of people that have had their jokes stolen. Yeah, because I think if you do it knowingly and do it doing it deliberately, and the thing with me and Bobby, right, is we are such collaborators. There's a there is a very thin line. Yeah, but someone who like you're not constantly co-writing with there is no excuse to just appropriate it yeah and you know i, I i've got a friend who's in the middle of a, of a very serious live dispute about a whole routine that was that was taken and i'm mm. you know I'm, I'm really doing as much as i can to help him because i think it's um i just think it's absolutely rotten to uh to steal someone's material because you're putting so much intellectual energy into it okay should we start wrapping up yeah uh, I think if we start wrapping up now, we'll, we'll be finished in the next 20, 30 minutes. We well, should just Christmas end it. is over. We should just, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right. Well, Bobby, this is the final Hansei Kai, Bonen Kai of the year. What are your ambitions for 2021? How will we, how will this episode conclude? 
that's that's a question I prepared, by the way, which obviously I now haven't given you enough time to answer. So we'll, well my there. my ambitions, uh, I'd like to keep doing the show. I'd like to get a lot more great guests. Hoping to book Yuri Kageyama. Fingers crossed on that one. I can do a really good impression if you want me to come on and just pretend. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Air quote some gaijins for us. Um, but I would like to double our listenership, which is uh, less than half of Ali's growth goals for last month. Yes, that's true. <laughs> um, yeah, I'd like to. Have, I'd like to have as many uh, Twitter followers as my own podcast. That'd be nice. Um, okay, obviously, obviously, podcast growth, right? Fine. Obviously, we, we want the trajectory to continue. Is there anything else that you're thinking? Ah, that'd be nice if that. Oh, what personally? Uh, well, either in terms of the podcast or, or your or your other life, if you have anything else that you're doing. Nah, not nothing podcast, significant. Not about. Oh, all right, fair enough. I would honestly, so my, my ambition next year is I would love to look back on a live show that we've done in Japan. Oh, that if would I be great. Get my ass to Japan. Yeah. If we can do, and I've just I've just realized, obviously our original plan was Fukuoka, Osaka, Tokyo. Obviously we're doing one in Ishikawa. Right. Yeah, I mean, I was just sitting here quietly waiting for you to say that. How can we not? How can we not do a live show at Ishikawa? And it might even be like our best, best-selling one because we'll have both of them turn up. Ishikawa has a wonderful selection of rivers. There's the Saigawa and the Tadori. There you go. There's a little right. advert for Ishikawa. Cool, cool. Well, there's definitely something to see there. Get get on the Joe, riverboat. Joe, what are your what are your uh, expectations uh, of our podcast for next year? Oh, for yours? Yeah. Um, ooh. Well, I mean, I expect you'll be sort of overtaken soon by an up-and-coming uh, whippersnapper, um, the Combini Boys. I will honestly be surprised if, if the podcast content that they put out overtakes ours. I mean, Twitter, I saw it coming a long time ago, but... <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. The Ishikawa wave is coming. Watch out! <laughs> but uh, no, I, I I expect you guys to go on strength to strength. Keep getting interesting guests. Um, you know, like a couple couple of guys up in Kanazawa. Um, keep 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 moving on up. Thank you, thank you. You know, as Curtis Mayfield said. Yeah. Cool. Uh, thank you, Joe, and also to Casey for your support. We do appreciate it. We won't forget you when we are so big we shouldn't have to talk to you (laughs) (laughs) yeah you've got to be nice to us on the way up because you'll see us on the way down and that is that is absolutely a classic riverboat folklore Um, and and if we're if we're not nice to them on the way up uh they will cause our fall by uh linking everybody to these episodes Exactly. Yeah. We're keeping this as secret as we can, but the people that are still listening up to now are going to be very forgiving for the kind of things which which we say on this. I just want to say thank you for having me on. Oh, um, our pleasure. We yeah, planned this for, for a long time. Thank you for coming. This wasn't yeah. a, this wasn't a last minute decision because you happened to be there. And I, I got I did get your your private message saying just make sure that Casey's not there. Um, we want to try and keep this funny as much as possible. And so yeah, yeah, I, I got that one. Please, please apologize to your wife for us. For keeping you, I, I will. Yeah. I will. She's making some osechi at the moment. So. Uh, in that case, you're welcome for keeping you. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it's been, it's been a long, been a long time since I've had some. Uh, oh, oh you, oh, you said sechi. 
Lovely. I, I'm just, I didn't say anything because I was waiting for the laughter to die down. Yeah. <laughs> so the there, I just dabbed. Yeah. <laughs> I rolled my eyes straight out of my head. <laughs> Goodbye, everybody. Bye. Thanks yeah, for great, listening. Great. Hey, if Bye. you're listening to this one, we really appreciate it. Thank you so much. <laughs> we and uh, tune into Ishka for someone to see to hear Ollie's interview with us. Okay. Yeah, that's true. Okay. <laughs> Goodbye. Bye.